Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of the Sensory Approach to Manual Therapy. Thank you for bearing with me while I was on hiatus for my podcasts, but I am back. And today, I want to talk to you guys about one of the underlying rules in biotensegrity. There are a list of rules that make up this concept of biotensegrity, and one of them is self-organization. And this is an incredibly valuable rule to therapists as it relates to both our hands-on care and to the exercise behavior that we're going to ask our clientele and our patients to take on. And yet this rule, though it has a lot of applications for manual therapists and exercise behavior, is discussed in class and in education and then not really correlated to any of the behaviors we're doing. It's just discussed as this overarching theory that you should kind of figure it on your own on how manual therapy and exercise relates to it. And so I want to delve into that a little bit um, because it can be both your best friend and your patient's best friend, and it can also be your worst enemy, depending on how we look at the self-organizing structures of collagen and in the body. Um, also, it becomes very important when we're assessing injury. Uh, this self-organizing concept plays into our our repair phase and our regenerative processes. And so depending on whether we're assessing the injury, uh, whether it's an acute phase, subacute, chronic, or rehabilitative, continuing to address the self-organizing cellular structures in the body becomes a vital aspect of our care. So the first phase I want to talk about is the hemostasis phase. And this is really the first phase of healing. It's the beginning of injury. It's the onset. It's the catalyst. It's the bruise. It's the bleeding, things like that. And the main phase, the main goal of this phase is always to uh, stop bleeding. Uh, this is not about repair. It's not about um, getting rid of uh, bacteria. The main goal with phase number one, is, and it's from moment of onset of injury, is stop bleeding. In this phase, the body, it... Um, activates the emergency repair systems in the body, uh, the blood clotting system, it forms a dam to clot uh, the drainage, meaning wherever the cut is, the damage. And it also creates uh, or stimulates the platelets to come into contact with collagen, and this results in activation of the collagen and the aggregation of collagen. And then the important thing that we need to pay attention to, both to our client's injury um, and, their, and the therapist's care, um, and this relates to therapy because as a therapist in this phase, we need to monitor our pressure. And the reason is, is the um, tissue damage risk in the hemostasis phase is very high uh, because there's, you know, there's actual damage that has taken place. And the majority of the treatment goal should be about pain reduction. And so this is something where somebody will come in with a, you know, a hamstring tear where there's actual bleeding or, a, a, you know, an ankle sprain. And people are working around there with quite a bit of aggressive force. And we need to remember that in this first phase, they've already had a traumatic injury to some form of tissue. And so when we go into a touch, we have to be incredibly gentle with our touch. And the main goal should be pain reduction. And then in the exercises that we're giving, we need to also focus on um, non-painful exercises because the pain is going to be a signal from the body that we are re-damaging tissue. 
So our exercises, if any, need to be elevating the structure to drain fluid away. It needs to be passive ranges of motion, soft ranges of motion. It needs to be light movements, supported movements with canes, crutches, things like that. And so uh, when we're looking at the self-organizing structure of the collagen, we need to focus on phase one, high tissue risk, high pain. And so our goal needs to be pain management with very little risk to the tissue. In the second phase, we have what's called the defensive or the inflammatory phase. And in this phase, this is when we start getting the white blood cells, the neutrophils, they enter, they try to destroy bacteria, they try to remove debris, they try to clean the damaged area, the wound or whatnot. Um, these cells will often reach their peak population at around 24 to 48 hours after the onset of injury. And this is usually when we see the most swelling in a given acute injury. And it's also important to remember that if the injury gets reoccurring, so they sprain an ankle and they walk and they trip again or they re-sprain it, that uh, 24 to 48 hours kind of keeps getting reset because the body gets stuck back in this loop of treating this acute damaged injury. Um, And so after 48 hours, usually we have a pretty significant reduction in the white blood cell, the neutrophil count mainly because the bacteria and the debris has been removed and the inflammation that's left over, we're really focusing on the repair phase, uh, no longer on the defensive phase. Um, Once the white blood cells leave, we have this new type of cell, the macrophage, that come in. They help continue to clear away the debris. Um, These cells, one of the key components is that they secrete a growth factor um, that attract immune system cells um, that facilitate tissue repair. So this, after that 48 hours, the the white blood cells have removed the debris, the bacteria. Then we have these macrophages that come in and help repopulate this tissue and help start this this tissue repair process. This can last anywhere from four to six days and even longer, but the immediate phase is usually, you know, create a quick dam. This is very fast, stop the bleeding, already done. Okay, now it's quickly get the wound covered up so there's not exposed to any more bacteria, things like that. And this will usually happen in about the first six days. During this phase, it's important to remember for therapists that our tissue damage is still very high. Um, You know, there's still not a strong bond between the proteins in these collagen fibers. And so the tissue damage risk is still quite high. And so our light touch is still very much a necessity. And even when you're doing things like myofascial release techniques, um, you know, our, our touch still needs to be on the lighter end Um, And especially when we think about these big, long, sweeping strokes um, that might be pulling tissue from very far away, we need to think, okay, when we're pulling this tissue, how aggressively are we pulling a tissue, like, let's say, up the shin, if they have an ankle sprain, how far are we pulling that tissue up the shin? Are we applying stress to the damaged ankle? Uh, And so our treatment goal here should, again, be focused on pain management. But now we also want to start looking at inflammation control. So if you do lymphatic drainage, elevation, if you're going to be doing things like compression, we can also focus on um, hydraulic uh, pumping of the foot, you know, moving or the, of the damaged area to help pump fluid in and out of the interstitial fluid. If you do kinesio taping, we can start looking at things like lymphatic drainage uh, with that if you're doing cupping. So that's that's an important phase. And that's at about six days. After that, we get into the proliferative phase. And there are three distinct phases that fall under this. The first is fill the wound. This is where we we scab over. This is where the wound starts getting compacted and we start building up adhesions or scar tissue, things like that. Um, 
contracture of the wound margins, meaning this is where things start coming together, together the ends. So we're starting to knit that tissue back together and the covering of the wound. So again, this is where you're going to see that big scab or even the scabbing falling off and we still only have epithelialized skin left over. Um, this phase, usually you can see it. It's usually got shiny, uh, deep red tissue. Um, so if the wound is exposed to the air, covers the skin, then you can usually see it. But if the wound is deep inside, um, you can't see this, but usually you still will see um, red, shiny skin based on the level of inflammation and the time around it. Um, and this is also when new blood vessels are formed. So here as well, when we're pulling on these tissues and we're treating these tissues, if we're too aggressive in our treatment, we're going to begin damaging these new blood vessels and increasing new bleeding and bruising. And we really want to focus on allowing those blood vessels to bring new mineral-rich and oxygen-rich blood to the area. So we still want to focus a lot on a lighter touch. Um, during the contraction phase of the wound margins, the, uh, the contra uh, contract and pull towards the center of the wound. And this is also where we want to focus on when we're treating the tissue, which way are we pulling the wound open? depending on the injury. Make sure that we contract that tissue closer together, that we approximate that tissue. So we're not rich, ripping too much that damaged collagen or fresh collagen, sorry, apart. And then in the epithelial phase, um, the cells, they'll usually rise up around the wound bed. And this is where, um, this is where we start getting a scar appearing or red, red sites appearing. Um, and this can last anywhere from four days to about 24 days, really, um, depending on whether the wound keeps opening or not. And so, you know, in the closer end of the four days, we're still focusing a very light touch. At 24 days, our touch is going to be a little more aggressive and we're going to start trying to manage that wound a little more um, to make sure that mobility isn't being lost. Um, the tissue damage, the risk to tissue damage decreases as time goes on, but really up until about 10 or 12 days, the tissue damage risk is still quite high. So we, we want to focus on moderate pressure. And then near the end, we can be focusing on high, uh, higher degrees of pressure. Early on, we need to be thinking about pain management, but near the end, we need to be focusing on compensation. So near that 12, 14 day mark, we want to start looking at compensations. Are they able to walk on or not? Depends on the severity of the injury. So if it's a severe injury, we're not going to be having them, we're not going to be too worried about the compensation until we're about, you know, four weeks out. But if it's a relatively mild or moderate injury, then in about two, two and a half weeks, we want to start being looking at these compensations uh, to de decrease risk of re-injury. Um, as the recovery progress uh, continues to move forward, the, we want to start looking at the proper alignment of collagen fibers. And this is where we, we want to start doing things like cross-fiber friction. This is where we want to start doing uh, things like tissue stretching. This is where we want to have them start doing loaded force movements. So where they're doing a movement that is in line with the tissue um, mobility. So if it's pointing the toes and they have a high ankle sprain, pointing the toes becomes difficult for them to do. So at about 24 days, uh, three weeks in, we can start having them focus on pointing the toe. And then with time, we can have them doing it where they're on the edge of a stairs, where they start standing on their toes. So now what they're doing is they're force loading that mobility and that movement in a desired manner. And that sustained contraction with force will encourage the collagen 
to realign, to respond to that force. Um, and this is also where with your tissue work, you're going to want to start making sure that now near the 24 days and more, we are pulling those tissues and pushing those tissues into a desired mobility state. Earlier on in the treatment, the goal is simply prevent re-injury. So allow that scar, that adhesion, that tissue to repair in any way, shape, or form that's necessary to prevent re-injury. And then as time goes on, now we want to start looking at the um, realignment of those uh, collagen cells. The last portion is the maturation phase. Uh, this is where the new tissue grow, uh, gains strength and flexibility. As it gains strength and flexibility, this is really where our exercise patterns long-term come into effect. And this is where we want to do more of that force loading and where your, your pressure can start going into higher levels. Um, this is where the collagen fibers reorganize, the tissue remodels and matures. Um, at this point, there's no overall increase in tensile strength. Really, the, the maximum strength is limited to about 80% of the pre-injured strength. Um, but once you hit that level going from 80 to 100, the gains are minimal. Uh, and so you really want to be focusing on just getting that tissue back to about 80% of its previous strength. Um, the maturation phase really varies from wound to wound. It can last anywhere from 21 days, like a mild ankle sprain, to two years, depending on, you know, if you've had, let's say, you know, a poorly done hip replacement or even spinal fusions that are people are having a hard time recovering from or chronic, you know, and, and in the chronic phase, this is where their maturation phase really tends to go awry and people tend to compensate so much that the collagen has matured in a, in a non-flexible or non-mobile manner. Um, this is also where the healing process begins to get really complex and susceptible to interpretation. Um, this is where, due to local and systemic factors, things like moisture, infection, uh, maceration, age, uh, nutrition, uh, body type, things like that, um, this is where we die. Do they have an autoimmune disorder? This is where we start looking at this healing process that, that becomes complex and that if they have something like an autoimmune disorder, um, they have a hard time blood clotting or uh, uh, hemophiliacs or if they have diabetes, you know, or they have sensory disorders, things like that, things are going to or heal differently. And so we have to keep that in mind. But we really want to look at those four phases of tissue repair when we look at self-organizing, because in the beginning process, if we do nothing, the body has the ability to heal the wound, but it will heal it in a shortened manner. So really in that the, the last two phases, that proliferative phase and the maturation phase, this is really where our ability to affect mobility and range of motion come into play the most. And in those early two phases, this is where you have the ability to create trust with that client and the patient where we're dealing with pain management and the inflammatory response and helping deal with that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Um, if you guys want, you can also find all this information on the online course. It's at www.sensoryapproach.com. You can always sign up for the e-course. Um, it's anywhere from four to six hours of continuing education. Otherwise, I have a couple of courses coming up in, in the new year. I'll be teaching in South Carolina on March 25th and 26th. I will be teaching in Toronto. I just need to find the date, sorry. I will be teaching in Toronto on March 12th and 13th. And I will also be teaching in the fall. I'll be teaching in um, 
<clears throat> Toronto again on October 22nd, 23rd, and I'll be teaching. Um, uh, I have two other classes that I'm currently in the process of fixing or setting up between Connecticut and North Dakota for the fall. So if you guys are interested in any of that, please uh, stay in touch. Sign up for my uh, newsletter on my website, sensoryapproach.com. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram page, Sensory Approach. Um, we do live Q&As. We have a lot of feedback, and you can talk to myself or my assistant, Anna, and hopefully we can help answer any of your questions. I hope you have a great day, and thanks for joining me. There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all.